Megan, I have been using our sponsor Element, that's L-M-N-T, to boost my hydration for over a month now, and I'm really loving it. I'm just not very good at drinking plain water, and I love the taste when I pop one of these little packets, I like orange or grapefruit, into a big bottle of water. It's kind of fruity and salty, and it just helps me hydrate better overall. Element is a zero-sugar electrolyte drink mix born from the growing body of research that shows the best health outcomes occur with higher sodium levels. Each little pack delivers a significant dose of electrolytes, but minus sugar, artificial colors, and other iffy ingredients. Element's flavors are so unique, like fruity watermelon salt and spicy sweet mango chili. And we're going to set our listeners up with a variety pack so you can find your favorite. Right. You can receive a free Element sample pack containing eight flavors with any drink mix purchase when you purchase through our custom link, drinkelement.com slash momhour. That's D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T slash momhour. This offer is available exclusively through our partnership and is available for both new and returning customers. And if you're an Element Insider, you'll have first access to Element Sparkling, a bold can of sparkling electrolyte water. Again, it's drinklmnt.com slash momhour. Hi, I'm Megan. And I'm Sarah. We're two moms with eight kids between us from preschool to teen. This is the show where we help you feel better about the mom you are and share our own parenting tips and personal stories. We're not experts. We're parents who've been there. We're not perfect. We're real. Welcome to the Mom Hour. Hey, everyone, and welcome to the Mom Hour. I am Sarah Powers, and today you are listening to one of our bonus interview episodes. So my co-host, Megan Francis, has the day off, and I have a great conversation here for you with Jason Silverberg. Jason is a certified financial planner who specializes in comprehensive financial planning. His practice aims at helping families and small business owners fit their financial pieces together to create financial freedom. And Jason and I have a great conversation coming up for you guys. We talk a lot about this challenging idea of having a long-term financial plan for our families when we're so in the trenches um, of the day-to-day expenses and financial challenges of raising a family. Um, Jason's a dad. He has two young kids himself, and he loves working with new families. Um, he has a specialization in helping women who've gone through divorce and are figuring out their finances with that challenge. Um, helping couples who are adding a baby to the mix figure out that all with a very comprehensive and long-term eye on reaching your financial goals. So this was a really fun conversation for me. As some of you may know, my husband is a certified financial planner and I've actually worked in that industry a bit. So I loved that Jason was a young dad. I loved that he loves working with young families and that his advice is really comes from this very holistic and um, goal oriented way and not about quick fix, quick fixes or getting rich quick. So I think you'll really enjoy my conversation with Jason. Um, listen through to the end. We have a little different disclaimer that we have to read at the end of the show that basically says that Jason is not offering you guys specific financial advice and to please seek that from your trusted professionals, which you guys all know. Um, But do listen through to the end of the show. You'll find out some really great resources that Jason's offering to our listeners through the show notes, which are at themomhour.com, as well as his new book that's coming out this month. So I'm going to go ahead and introduce Jason. 
Megan, the end of the school year and kickoff to summer is a busy time of the year for families, but we can all eat stress-free and hit our wellness goals with ready-to-eat meals from our sponsor, Factor. Factor's delicious meals are never frozen and can be ready to eat in just two minutes. You can pick from a weekly menu of 35 options, including popular choices like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Plus, they have more than 60 add-ons like breakfast, lunch, snacks, and beverages to keep you fueled all day long. So our team was comparing notes recently on our favorite factor meals, and Katie loved the herb-crusted chicken with mashed cauliflower and toasted almond green beans. I loved that one, too. And get this, so did her little boy, Charlie. She heated it up for lunch one day, and Charlie, who's three, ate almost all of the green beans. I mean, that's quite an endorsement, right? I was going to say, what a parenting win. (laughs) And I get it, Charlie. Those green beans are crazy good. And if you really want to treat yourself, they even have meals with filet mignon, shrimp, truffle butter, broccolini, and asparagus. Listeners, head to factormeals.com slash momhour50 and use code momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code momhour5050 at factormeals.com slash momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. Okay, Megan, like many of our listeners, I'm sure I've been doing some spring cleaning in my closet lately, and it always feels so good to get rid of clothes I'm not wearing, things that don't fit or that aren't my style anymore. But you know what I realized? All of my Vionic shoes are always in the keep pile. They just tick all the boxes. They're cute, comfy, high quality. They last forever. And I love growing my Vionic collection, especially with the latest styles from their Vionic Vitals collection. The Vionic Vitals collection offers daily wear styles designed for elegance, comfort, and versatility. We both love the Uptown Loafer, which collapses flat, so it's perfect for travel. The Chardonnay Heeled Sandal, which I know you love, Sarah. The Walk 23 Classic Sneaker, which our team member Katie gets compliments on all the time. And the Willa Slip-On Flat, one of my favorites, which comes in 12 colors for any outfit. Yeah, I need to uh, get the Willa Slip-On Flat. That's next on my list. Well, listeners, if you're ready to try the shoes we're always raving about, use code themomhour 15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at bionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That's one-time use only. Bionic Shoes, wearable well-being for your feet. Hi, Jason. Welcome to the show. Hi, Sarah. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Well, you have the honor of being the first male guest we've ever had on our show, and I'm so glad to have you. I'm really excited for today's conversation Um, and for you being our first dad and our first dude on the show, on the Mom Hour. So welcome. Yeah, thanks. I'm, I'm delighted to be here. Great. So um, today's conversation is really going to be about helping young families start to think about long-term financial planning. And I think that can be a little bit intimidating, especially when you are in the trenches of having new babies and getting on your footing with, you know, new marriage and new finances and all of that for young families. Can you maybe talk about why this is an area of financial planning that you have chosen to specialize in and why why young families excite you? Because we know that um, they're not they're not the most they don't have the most money to invest, certainly for so for financial planner, um, there's opportunity there, I think, in, in another way. 
Sure. Yeah, I, I am of the belief that I want to help as many people as I can. And one of the cohorts of people that I really resonate with are young families. Um, I got my start in the financial planning world when I was 13. And uh, I'm Jewish and had a bar mitzvah growing up, and uh, it was it was a really tough process to go through. But the the light at the end of the tunnel was this uh, prize of, of gift money that my family was going to give me for you know the hard work that that um, you know that I that I went through, and so through that process, my parents helped me really understand what investing was all about. And they gave me that gift money and uh, I took it and, and actually made a little bit of money from that and bought my first car from my investment earnings from that portfolio that I created. And around that time, when I, when I bought my first car, my parents actually got separated. And um, it was a really tough process for me to go through. And um, I, I saw money and finances from a different angle. It wasn't all growing your money and making money in the stock market and, and buying cool things with it. It was now it's now it's uh, uh, coming from a place of scarcity and coming from a place of worry. And um, it caused a lot of heart heartache. And, and we, we definitely struggled. I mean, it, we had, you know, a middle class family on, you know, in one household, and now let alone two households, it, it was tough to manage. So my, you know, that fueled my passion for getting involved in a career that was money related, but also making a difference in people's lives. And that, that's kind of why I chose to be a financial planner is to help as many people, both people who are married, who are were trying to prevent divorce, um, as well as people who are coming out from the other side of a divorce and how to how to build a, a financial plan going forward from there. I love that. I love that. Can you um, tell us a little bit about your family now? Because I'm sure you've obviously been in the industry for longer than you've had your own family. So I'm curious how this has evolved for you now that you're a dad as well. Sure. Yeah, it's it's kind of cool. Uh, I have two young kids, um, bo- both under the age of five, and they're they're little rascals running around every which way. And so, you know, I definitely see some of the great things that my parents did for me growing up. And I'm, I'm doing those things for my children as well and helping them understand what money is, even at a young age of four and a half or, or two, is really understanding, you know, just dosing in what money could do for people. And, and you know, we, we talk about how grateful we are to have the food that's on our table and, you know, money can help us. Uh, buy those buy those groceries and and I even let my kids swipe the credit card when we when we pay for groceries at the grocery store so um, it definitely at every stage of their their life I'm going to be instilling different things that will help them understand money and and how what it can do for you but also you know some of the some of the challenges that people face with their money and how we can we can better ourselves so so that's kind of where where I'm at with my kids and it's every day is a new adventure yes no no joke about that um well let's talk about that a little bit more with kids because I think one thing that happens um as adults if we don't feel 
completely comfortable about a topic, and that could be money, it could be talking about religion, it could be any number of these things that sort of make us feel like we're not quite sure how we feel about it ourselves. And then what happens, I think, is that we don't talk to our kids about it at all. So I love that you're using little examples of how you talk to even a two and a four year old about money. And I'm wondering if we can maybe go into that a little bit more. Are you do you feel like transparency and making money sort of not a taboo or scary topic is helpful for kids even at a really young age? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it's interesting that uh, our country has evolved so much over the last 50 years in a lot of different ways. And I think one of those ways is how people talk about money. Certainly, it's it's not as out you know, out in the open as, as other conversation topics, but, you know, it's not as taboo anymore to talk about money. And, and I'm trying to do the best that I can is teach my kids that, you know, while we don't want to share everything with everybody, yeah. <laughs> we, we definitely want to, you know, be, be secure about some of it. it it's, it's not something to be embarrassed about. It's something that, if you have a good understanding of how it works and, and what what you can do with it, and it, it will help you build confidence and, and it will help you better yourself and maybe even start a career. Yeah, I love that. Well, I think just like you, you gave the example of talking about where our food comes from and what we use our money for. And I think some parents shy away from even even that a little bit, like we're afraid to give our kids too much information about that. So um, yeah. I love that. And I agree. Um, I told you before we started recording, my husband is also a certified financial planner. So we have this a little bit in our family as yeah. well. Um, well, let's let's talk about some of these um, maybe fears is a strong word, but um, some of the hesitation that young families have to think about long term financial planning. When I ta- when I say long term, I'm talking about um, if you have a two and a four year old, then managing the monthly cash flow or budget is one thing. But it's another thing to ta- start talking about estate planning and retirement planning and even college educations can seem so far away when you're in the land of toddlers and babies. Um, do you have some do you have some insight on this? I would love to give parents out there the confidence to start having these conversations with their spouses or with other people they trust in their life and not to feel like it's this big scary topic that feels so far away. Absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, let me tell you a quick story. Rachel and Michael, um, they 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 have two kids. They they have daycare costs. They have to pay their mortgage. They have student loans. They're trying to, you know, just get by and their hot water heater breaks down. They're trying to figure out how to balance that with their savings goals, such as college savings, retirement planning, like you said, estate planning, maybe even buying a bigger house. Um, well, they came to me and asked me, how can we make all this work? We're, we're just feeling like we're falling behind and we're not able to move forward. So flash forward a year, uh, they're making progress to their goals. They're paying down their debt and they're on track to actually achieve what they wanted to, um, you know, get out of life. And so you might be thinking what changed for them. And if you ask them, it was the financial planning process that we we went through with them. And really that helped us to organize and understand where we are today 
where we want to get to in the future, and really create a roadmap to help them get where from where they are today to where they want to be in the future. And everybody's got a different story and everyone has a different plan. And it's got to be personalized to them and to you. And so the questions we ask are, you know, we talk about trade-offs and we say, if we're paying off the debt, then that's less money that we have left over to pay to save for retirement. So, you know, we, we frame it in, in the form of a question. Are you okay ramping up your retirement savings if it means that your debt will now take an extra couple of years to be paid off? Or would you rather be paying your debt off faster if it means now that you'll have to retire at 69 versus 60? So, you know, we talk about those because, you know, we don't have all the money in the world. And if we did, then we wouldn't have we just need direction on how to invest. So really, it comes down to trade offs and figuring out, uh, you know, in terms of priorities. Uh, Another thing that I I talk through and even in my own personal financial example, I'll tell you, um, I have two kids in in daycare and that that is a pretty big expense. And so, you know, the question I always get all the time is how do you save for college if you're, if you're paying for daycare? So what we did personally is we set up college savings accounts for the kids and every birthday they get a little bit of money and we throw some of their birthday money in the college accounts. But when they're, when we're done paying for daycare and luckily my son's actually going into elementary school, he's going to kindergarten in the fall. um, The money that we we're putting towards the daycare costs will now go into the college account. So we're, we're actually not starting from behind because the first few years of his life and their lives, we've been investing, but gifts, we, right. we didn't make a, a, right. a commitment necessarily monthly. So, um, you know, we're, we're just kind of not delaying it, but we're kind of, we gotta, we gotta prioritize somewhere. And I think that's really what a financial plan does is it helps us understand what's most important to us and how to balance everything out. Well, I totally agree. And because I am married to a financial planner, I know that you guys have the skills and the tools available to you to, you know, guide people through those conversations. I think I want to back up even further and really put ourselves in the shoes of families who've never met with a financial planner, don't have one in the family. And, um, haven't ever even maybe had a conversation with their spouse about these really long-term things. Are there, do you have couples who come to you kind of in this place where they're, they're smart people, they're educated people, um, but they've been really dealing with the day to day and haven't even, when you use the example of Rachel and Michael, um, you know, they had long-term goals. I'm curious about the people who maybe even haven't started the conversation about what their long-term goals are. What do they want retirement to look like? It just can feel so far away when you're, you know, in your 30s and have little kids? So, you know, the, the question I get, yeah, no, I totally agree. And, and I get a question a lot, which is, so what should I say here? Or what do other couples have? Yes. And, you know, it's, in, it, it's hard because it, it really should be based on you. And so my job is to really help understand who you are, what your vision is for the future, what your values are, and really extract what those financial goals actually are and what they could be and what other people are doing. Yeah. You know, you can kind of model yourself off of other people, but ultimately when it comes to finances, it's very hard to model yourself off of other people because you don't know what resources they have. And, 
you don't know what challenges they have and you know they their goals might be different than yours so one of the strategies that i usually recommend is that if a family and and a household has one primary financial person and the other one kind of is is taking a backseat i usually recommend that both parents get involved whether it's in the day-to-day minutiae of paying bills or thinking about finances or doing taxes both parents should play a role in the financial household because number one, it gets you both communicating about finances and that you understand the financial household in, in, um, you know, what, what it could be and what it is. And, you know, a lot of times I come and meet with somebody and they say, oh yeah, well, my husband, you know, pays the bills or, or my wife is the, is the one who does the taxes. Well, generally speaking, it's better to have open communication when it comes to those things. So we definitely recommend getting both parents involved. And then we, we talk about having a somewhat formal um, conversation about your financial life. And um, we call it a, a state of the household meeting. And really, that's a, a time to really understand where we are what our goals are, what they could be. And it doesn't have to be that formal. I mean, it could just be a once a year lunch with your spouse and you go to lunch and you talk about, you know, how things are going and, you know, what, what you'd like to see going forward. And then we, we create a plan to, to move forward from there. So, you know, it is tough because, you know, you're just creating your own life and every, you know, every life is different and, but it is ultimately up to you to determine what you want to get out of life. Well, there's so much that I love about what you just said. Um, and I love that idea of a state of the household. We do that. Um, and I think if couples sat down and did that, and even if all they came away with were more questions the first time, you know, a, a, like a legal pad and a bunch of questions, like we don't know about saving for retirement or we don't know if we're ready to buy a new house or we don't know if we need to do X, Y, Z. I think just the, just the act of setting that time aside, getting both members of the household on the same page. Um, and I, I, I also love that you spoke to having both, you know, both parents or both partners, um, having their hands in the picture in some way, like you said, whether it's managing the day-to-day week-to-week budget, um, whereas the other keeps an eye on the long-term stuff or however it works. Um, you know, my husband meets with mostly older couples and I mean, older, older people who are really at the end of their financial lives and dealing with the other side of that picture, estate planning and all of that. And there are, there are couples who've been married for 60 years and it's still one of them one of them has all the knowledge and the other doesn't. And I'm sure from your work with divorced families, um, maybe you can speak to why that can lead to, you know, a lot, a lot more trauma than necessary if someone's been kept out of the picture. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and to that point, I, I, my wife actually is the one that pays the bills in our household because I'm the financial guy, obviously. So I want her involved in, the, in that capacity. So um, but you're absolutely correct. If one spouse takes too much ownership of, of this situation, number one, if that person is gone for whatever reason, whether it's a divorce or, you know, passing away, God forbid, you know, the, the other spouse is left not understanding and not knowing where to go. So we definitely encourage that. And, and certainly with divorced families, 
if if one spouse is kind of at a you know disadvantage in terms of the knowledge you know that's where working with a professional comes in and helping understand where to go for for this or where to go for that and it, it could just be as easy as putting all those that information in a in a in a binder or yeah. in, a, in a book um, or it could just be having somebody involved in the budget and and you know w- we could talk more about some of the software that we we recommend but um, um, having both people have both parents access to the software and understanding all the resources is really key. And, and so I totally get that. And, and especially for uh, somebody who sees it from a professional side, but also uh, a son of a divorced family mm-hmm. and seeing what my mom went through being not aware, not as aware as she should have been with her finances. Yeah. And I also want to just jump in and maybe remove any of the guilt that comes along with this. I have, it's funny just to tell my own story. I, I grew up with a little more financial education and knowledge um, than my husband did. So when we were very early married, um, it was already in my skill set to, to look at my checking account every day and not go into credit card debt. And I, I just, I probably started a little bit ahead of my husband. Fast forward, he's the one who decided to get a CFP and become someone who does this for a living. And in that time period, we had three kids and little by little, I became more and more disconnected and he became more and more knowledgeable. So we almost kind of flipped roles. And um, I have gone through times where I am just a lot less connected to our both day-to-day and long-term finances. And every time we do that set aside, we just did maybe about a month ago, right after the new year, um, sat down, went through everything. We usually do it when our taxes are due. That kind of forces us to go through things. Um, but just like, just like they say, you know, sometimes the kids of the, or the family of the professional isn't always walking the walk in the, the way they should. I mean, it's every, right. every family, whether you have the knowledge or are in the industry or not, I think, you know, deserves to take that time for themselves. And I guess where I started with this was not feeling guilty if you've been the spouse that's been disconnected, that there's always there's always time to get back into it. And it's not, you know, sometimes when we feel bad about something, we, we, we reinforce that cycle and stay away even farther. So I'm sure every couple who comes to you feels, feels like almost embarrassed that they don't have quite as good a picture as they should, but that's why they need you. Absolutely. Totally agree. And my wife, you know, she she came to me when we were first um, getting together and um, she was trying to balance her checkbook and she didn't really know how to do it. And so I helped her with it. And then the other way it it reversed when she needed to help me with something. So, yeah, you know, and and one other thing I just want to mention is that a lot of times, especially in our family, I don't know if it's true for yours, you know, we try and um, own certain things in the household where you do this and I do that, sure. and, you know, where it's it just economies of scale where we're, we're both busy, we're both working people. And so we're, we're trying to divvy up the responsibilities and some things that actually does work for, you know, if it's household chores or whatever, that's not as meaningful to a bigger picture. But when it comes to finances, you know, you definitely don't want to delegate to one person. So. Yeah, no, I, I love that. I'm really glad we spent some time on that. Well, let's move on and talk about you touched on maybe some tools or software or programs that can help families yeah. start to get a hold on things, even if it's in a very small way. And I love to give I love to give sort of very tangible next steps that our listeners could take. So do you have any recommendations you give your clients or that you personally use? 
Absolutely. So there is a couple tools. One is if you are a non-techie person, um, we have personal financial inventory, which is a worksheet. It's a one-page worksheet that really spells out all of your assets, where everything is, all of your liabilities, all of your debts, and how much you owe, and um, and what the interest rates are, and the monthly payments, and then all of your income sources, whether it's salaries or you know um, rental income or any other income that comes into the house, and all of the expenses that come into the, that that go out of the household. So it's just really a one pager current financial position on where you are today um, so that you really get a handle for, for everything. And so that's the paper and pen version. Then we have a software program called eMoney that we highly recommend that our clients use. And I use it all the time. It's great. It's not just a computer program. It also is an iPhone app or a smartphone app. And it gives you feedback on the the spending habits that you have and how they're impacting your overall plan. So you can get an alert set up where, you know, hey, I, I'm over budget this month on my groceries. You know, maybe I should scale back or, you know, going out to eat or spending money, you know, on wine, whatever it is, you know, you can track how you're, you're um, trending towards your budgets you can also plug in how you're trending towards your financial goals. And so if the market drops, you know, we have a lot of clients who worry about the stock market. And if the stock market drops for, you know, let's say it's, you know, 500 points in a day, you know, we have clients in, that we just urge to look at their look at their e-money and then they'll say, oh, yeah, OK, so, it, you know, let, let's put that into context. How right. far behind did that put me in terms of my goal? So those are the two um, tools that we recommend. Recommend. And e-money is part of our financial planning um, uh, engagement and the personal financial inventory. Um, I'll, I'll definitely give as a gift to to your audience as well, along with some other items. That's great. So we can um, link to that worksheet, the printable pen and paper one in our show notes for this episode. So for our listeners, you just head to the momhour.com. And is that a PDF we can link to, Jason? Yes, a absolutely. Great. Yes. Um, great. Well, that's um, and I think there are probably other similar products that people are, you know, can do their own research on. I, I almost think that something is better than nothing. Wouldn't you agree? If you're just starting baby steps, then having having something on paper or, you know, some some way to start tracking is a great step toward toward just understanding the picture. Absolutely. And, you know, a lot of our clients like to use mint.com and that's an option. It's similar to e-money, but doesn't tie into the bigger financial planning um, goals. But and, and you also have to be cautious about the advertisements and that your information is sold through e-money or through mint as um, it is a free software. But again, something is better than nothing. So that is a really good option for people on a budget. OK, that's great. Great to know. Um, well, I'd like to talk a little bit more about, um, just because I know this is an expertise of yours, about brand new families um, who don't even have kids yet. So newlyweds and then also um, divorcing families. You have two, you do want to tell us about your two ebooks that you've worked on um, and kind of where, you know, just how you've, how you've led these two groups of people through their journey. Because um, this, is, this is tough, both newlyweds and divorced couples. 
Sure. Yeah. And both those groups of people resonate with me and my story. Um, And so really what I try to do is distill down some of the common questions, frequently asked questions that we get from these different groups of people, both on the start of your your family life and maybe potentially on a separation of of your family life. And really, it's it's an ebook that we created to help some of those, um, you know, answer those frequently asked questions and help people so that they can really put a plan together and move forward. And, um, so, so the first one is called picking up the pieces, uh, divorcee's guide to financial freedom. And the second one is, and baby makes three. Uh, and, and that's a new parent's guide to financial planning. And both those take a different, a slightly different look at financial planning, but have, um, similar concepts, um, in terms of budgeting and looking at your financial plan and debt management and retirement planning. And how do you balance all of that as it relates to your specific situation? So yeah, definitely those are available yeah, to we, your audience as a yeah, gift we, as we well. will definitely link to those and um, you know I'm sure our listeners everybody knows somebody going through a divorce and everybody knows um, somebody who's adding a new baby or newlywed family what I particularly liked about the ebooks was just how accessible the information was again not intimidating um, and just kind of the little things you can start to think about because both, both of those are major life events and thinking about money is not necessarily the first place that a lot of people's mind goes so um, um, having it in kind of a quick and easy ebook, I think, would be a great resource for a lot of people. Absolutely, and it is a it is a stressor for a lot of people during this major life change too. So you know, I've, I've definitely seen that happen, and especially in my situation, as soon as I found out my wife was pre- pregnant with our second, uh, I thought to myself, "Oh my gosh, <laughs> now what do I do?" So yeah. you know, I have to scramble around. So yeah, so money it can be a stressor if it's if it's at a point of um, you know just uh, just without a direction, without with di- without direction during these these stressful times. Right. Well, we will. We'll also link to those in the show notes, which will be at themomhour.com. Okay, Megan. Well, over here at the Mom Hour, we are big fans of our sponsor, Our Place. In fact, you, me, and our team member, Katie, were all comparing notes on our favorite product. Katie was telling us that even though she's packing up to move her family to a new house, she cannot put that mini perfect pot from Our Place into the boxes yet because she's using it like every night. Well, as someone who also has a perfect pot, I got mine as part of their mini home cook duo set. I get it. It's nonstick, which is key, but it also has all these handy features like a steam release lid with a built-in strainer and this nice beechwood spoon that nests on the handle in this perfect little peg. Okay, well, I didn't get this pot, but now I want it. That sounds so great. Our Place's cookware is great to cook with, beautiful to look at, and healthier for us as well. All of Our Place's products are made without PFAS, also known as Forever Chemicals. In addition to their cookware and tableware, Our Place is also making waves with their Wonder Oven, the most stylish all-in-one air fryer and toaster oven. Again, free from the Forever Chemicals found in many of those air fryers. Listeners, Our Place offers a 100-day trial with free shipping and returns, and we've got a great deal for you. Go to fromourplace.com and enter the code MOMHOUR at checkout to receive 10% off site-wide. That's fromourplace.com, code MOMHOUR. Sarah, our sponsor, Haya Health, makes a kid's daily multivitamin that parents can feel great about giving their kids because they have no added sugars or dyes. And our kids who have tried Haya Vitamins have loved them. 
which is important, right? Because what good is a bottle of vitamins that your kid won't take? Haya was founded by two dads who didn't like the ingredients label on some of the popular children's vitamins they were seeing on store shelves. So they got to work developing a formula that would help fill the most common nutrient gaps in modern kids' diets. Haya's chewable kids vitamin is made with a blend of 12 organic fruits and vegetables and then supercharged with 15 essential vitamins and minerals. They're also vegan, dairy-free, allergy-free, gelatin-free, and nut-free. Haya manufactures their vitamins right here in the USA with globally sourced ingredients, and then they ship their chewable vitamins directly to your door on a pediatrician-recommended schedule. We've worked out a special deal with Haya for their best-selling children's vitamin. You're going to get 50% off your first order. To claim this deal, go to HayaHealth.com slash MomHour. This deal is not available on their regular website. Go to H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H dot com slash MomHour and get your kids the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults. Um, I, I want to shift gears a little bit to talking about this kind of loaded topic of seeking professional financial advice. And I'll just give you my personal bias a little bit. I've been around a lot of comprehensive financial planners in my life. I've worked in that industry a little bit. I married one or I married somebody who went back and got his CFP. Um, there, there is sometimes something that happens where people have got a well-meaning uncle who's a CPA or a brother-in-law who's a day trader or they golf with somebody who, you know, has tricks up their sleeve to get rich quick or, you know, they're best friends with somebody who sells insurance. And I want to come right out and say those those positions and those professions um, have people of amazing integrity and smart brains in them. What they don't always have is somebody with knowledge of of comprehensive financial planning. So I've always been somebody who's cringed a little bit hearing friends and acquaintances talk about getting advice from someone in a, who has, whose expertise is very narrow. Does that make sense? Um, and I don't want yeah. that to sound like I'm saying that all stockbrokers are corrupt, which is not something I think. Um, can you... Can you talk about this kind of, I think it's a little bit of a delicate issue, and break down for us, um, you know, how, how can people sort through different kinds of advice from different well-meaning people without writing off, you know, their well-meaning friends and relatives? Yeah, th- this is a topic that is, is I get a lot and, and a question I get a lot and a topic that is sensitive. So, yeah, and I think you hit on two specific things here. One is <clears throat> the the um, bad apple uh, philosophy where maybe you have somebody who's not doing a good job or maybe you encountered somebody who was a kind of a salesman type of approach. And the second thing is how do you piece together potentially good advice that you're getting from a lot of different people? So the first thing I would say is to kind of avoid that bad apple approach, um, I, I would definitely interview um, the right people, and I, I would interview people. And and we have an interview checklist that we give out to uh, our clients and, and friends, and that'll be in the documents that that are going to be gifted to your to your audience to help understand who is a qualified financial planner or advisor and and what you should kind of stay away from. What are some red flags to see once you see them to say, oh, I'm going to turn around and walk, walk the other way. Um, so you definitely want to do your homework on interviewing the right financial planner for you. The second part of that question is, how do you discern potentially good information from a lot of different sources? And I think really what it boils down to 
is having a comprehensive financial planner uh, be your coach and your guide along the way. And certainly you can have an insurance agent, you can have a stockbroker, and you can have an estate planning attorney and a CPA to do your taxes. But really a CFP's job, a certified financial planner's job, is to put all of those pieces together to help you understand, are those things helping you move you in the right direction? So I'll give you an example. Um, I, I met with this couple the other day and and they told me that their their uncle, um, who knows a lot about money, <laughs> told told them not to do some specific mutual fund investment that we were we were doing. And um, I, I respectfully asked them some more questions about it, and we came to the term, determination that the uncle, while he knows a lot about money. Uh, didn't know a lot about their specific set of financial circumstances. So we kind of helped, I helped them digest that information in the context of their own financial plan. So, you know, it's a good idea to have an advocate, a CFP on your side who's unbiased, who's not going to um, sell you anything or not put you in something that is inappropriate. You want to find somebody who will be a fiduciary, who will act in your best interest all the time. And that's a word that's been in the news lately. Um, And and it is something that is very important to make sure that as you're interviewing your financial planner, that that they are acting in your best interest. And I I hope that answers the question. Yeah, it does. And I think, um, again, going back to this recurring theme that young couples, um, it's easy to be intimidated when you don't know something yourself. So if you have an uncle, I love that, the uncle who knows a lot about money or well-meaning, but really you hit the nail on the head, which is that a good, a good CFP, a good comprehensive financial planner, um, certified financial planner actually will ask more questions than provide quick answers. Does that make sense? So if someone, if someone claims to have the knowledge without knowing your situation, and I think that's right, like that's that's the crux of it, then that's something to be suspicious of because that right answer may be the right answer for somebody, but it doesn't take the whole picture into context. So a good Absolutely. a good planner is asking more questions than they are, you know, providing answers, at least at first. Um, so I think yeah. that's, that's probably a great a, a great smell test for our for our listeners. Absolutely. And that's one of the red flags on the list is if some if you start to feel like somebody is trying to either sell you something or get you invested into something without really knowing your entire situation, because every product that's on the market was made for a reason and it's good for somebody, but it may not be the best for you. And so that's really where, you know, having an advocate on your side, asking lots of questions and helping to find the right products and services off the shelf to match your specific set of circumstances. And I think that's, that's really where, where it boils down to. Yeah, I love that. That's really great information. Um, well, let's talk about your book, which by the time this airs will be out in the world. So congratulations on your book launch. Thank is you. this your first book? First book, yeah. This has been 18 months in the making. And, you know, I... I about two years ago, I thought to myself, you know, I'm working with a lot of people one-on-one and how can I help more people than, than just the people who I'm interacting with? And I know that, you know, financial planning comes with a fee and not everybody can afford that fee. So how do I, how do I help more people, 
um, without necessarily, you know, charging more in fees. So uh, my, my goal was to just serve as many people as I can. So I basically distilled, you know, the best of my advice and, and circumstances that I've, I've met with lots of different clients and situations into um, into the book. And uh, it's called The Financial Planning Puzzle, Fitting Your Pieces Together to Create Financial Freedom. And so the first part of the book is all about kind of your perspective on money, you know, your money mindset and, and creating good habits and what the mid, the challenges facing the middle class. And then we talk about each of the different financial pieces to your puzzle, investments, retirement, estate planning, taxes, everything. And then the third part is fitting the pieces together. And in each of the different circumstances, how somebody or a couple would might fit their pieces together to actually create that financial freedom. And, and really, the, the book is, is it, it, was, it was meant to be a way for me to um, give as much of myself to the world as possible. And I know that kind of sounds uh, cliche, but it, it is true. And, and I'm at the point where I'm just trying to impact as many people's lives as possible. Well, that's great. Um, well, how was the book writing process for you? Because that is obviously a different, that's different than your day job. Yeah. So you balance, how do you balance the time? You know, we're talking about balancing money now. How it's ba- how do you balance time? So, you know, you carve it up into bite-sized pieces and, you know, every night after my kids would go to sleep, I'd, you know, spend time with my wife and then we would, I, I would have a half an hour to an hour every night where I would work on a chapter here or there. And it took, a, like I said, it took a little while to get this thing off the ground and, and written and edited and through my compliance department and everything. So um, it's definitely been a work in progress. And it's something that if you see a vision, same with money, if you see a vision that's a long-term vision, uh, you got to make the time to, you know, whether it's a half an hour a day or, or a half an hour a week even, just put the time in, put the money in, to, to achieve the goals that you want. You, you have to make it a priority. Yeah, I love that. Well, congratulations again. That book we will, we will link to again in the show notes, and it's called The Financial Planning Puzzle, Fitting Your Pieces Together to Create Financial Freedom. It's on Amazon and I assume other booksellers as well, correct? Yep, Barnes & Noble. Yep. Awesome, awesome. Um, well, Jason, this has been so great and really helpful to our listeners. Just to recap for our listeners, there are two ebooks Jason has written that are available um, f- as a gift to our listeners, as well as the personal financial inventory worksheet. Did I get that right, Jason? Yes. And links to those will be on our website at themomhour.com. Um, look for this bonus interview with Jason Silverberg. Jason, how can people um, connect with you or find you otherwise? Are you on social media, website, in addition to checking out the book, of course? Yep. You can find me on Facebook or LinkedIn, and you can probably link to those in the show notes, yep. as well as thefinancialplanningpuzzle.com. If you okay. go there, you'll have a little bit about me and about the book, and you can um, click around and, and contact me there. That would be great. Awesome. Well, Jason, it has been a pleasure having you on the show. Thank you so much for your generous advice and your insight for our listeners. This isn't this isn't a topic that we bring up all the time on the show, and it's one that really deserves um, an expert and some with their clients' best interest in mind. And I think that our listeners are lucky to have heard from you. Thank you, Sarah. This has been a pleasure. It really has. Thanks again. Thanks so much. Take care. 
Jason is a registered representative and investment advisor representative of Securian Financial Services Incorporated. Securities and investment advisory services offered through Securian Financial Services Incorporated, member FINRA, SIPC. Financial Advantage Associates is independently owned and operated. Financial advisors do not provide specific tax or legal advice, and this information should not be considered as such. You should always consult your tax or legal advisor regarding your own specific tax and legal situation. Separate from the financial plan and our role as a financial planner, we may recommend the purchase of specific investment or insurance products or accounts. These product recommendations are not part of the financial plan and you are under no obligation to follow them. Life insurance products contain fees such as mortality and expense charges, which may increase over time and may contain restrictions such as surrender periods. The Mom Hour is supported by partners like Erica. Erica is the social media health app for teens that gives them the tools to unplug when they need to for improved health, study focus, sleep, and daily balance. Erica was built by a dad of three boys who saw that teens themselves were really becoming self-aware to the risks of social media, and he wanted to help them self-regulate. Erica works to hide distracting apps from your phone at the touch of a button, keeping them out of sight and out of mind without deleting your data. Tell your teens about Erica and save 20% on the Erica family plan with promo code THEMOMHOUR. Go to erica.app and search for plans. That's Erica with a K, E-R-I-K-A dot A-P-P and use code THEMOMHOUR to save 20%. Hi everyone, Megan here. Sarah and I would absolutely love it if you would hit pause right now, like right where you're listening, and leave the Mom Hour a rating and review. If our show has helped you feel a little more confident as a mom or a little less alone, this is one of the biggest ways you can thank us, and it really only takes about 30 seconds. If you're listening to Apple Podcasts, you can navigate to the Mom Hour's show listing. So when you're in the episode you're listening to right now, click where it says the Mom Hour just above the play button, and then scroll all the way to the bottom, and you will see the ratings and reviews. We would love if you would leave us one as well. Thank you so much for listening.